One of our visits with Liberal MP for Beaches East York, Nate Erskine-Smith. We cover the ground that we should today. Pierre Polyev's the new Conservative Party of Canada leader, as if the Liberal caucus meeting out in New Brunswick isn't talking about that. So let's get Nathaniel's read on it. We talk about countering inflation as well. A lot of criticism for the Liberal government saying they've had all summer to do something about inflation. So what have they done? Well, they're talking about doing something and maybe something is pending. Let's try and get the scoop from Nate Erskine-Smith right here on Toronto Today. The Liberal caucus is in New Brunswick. Um, there's a lot they're preparing for. Fall sitting, and they obviously have a new um, threat, if you will, to address in the form of a permanent leader for the Conservative Party of Canada. So let's dig into all of that. Uh, next, we visit with him every couple weeks with our guest, Nathaniel Erskine-Smith, who's Liberal MP for Beaches East York. It's great to have you on. You got, out, you got out of Ontario just in time for rain the two days. I hope it's beautiful weather in beautiful New Brunswick. It is incredibly nice here at St. Andrews by the sea, and it's not a ton of opportunity to take advantage of the weather, though, because we've got a busy, you know, two full days of meetings talking about the coming session, talking about health care, talking about the economy, talking about housing and, and many more things. So, well, we can't let the tabloids catch you guys out. Uh, yeah. Sunning yourselves. We won't. I mean, I, there is. Yeah, there's heavy lifting to do for the for the caucus, for sure. So the paparazzi in New Brunswick are going to have to stand down. Nate. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, let's let's go right into the leader. You've you look, you've witnessed this before. Um, the goal is to govern. The goal is not to be, uh, you know, a shadow cabinet member. The goal is not to be uh, an opposition critic. The goal is to run things and change things for the better. So that's the conservatives goal. What's your observation of, of, I suppose, the unity behind the Conservative Party that, that appears to be behind Pierre Polyev, Nate, that may not have, not, may not have been there post-convention for Aaron O'Toole or Andrew Scheer? How do you view it? It wasn't surprising to me, given the way I saw the race unfold. Once Patrick Brown was dumped there unceremoniously, it was pretty obvious what the outcome was going to be. And so I, I think we have to take the opponent before us seriously. And I've been on committee with Pierre before. And we work together to address competitiveness and, and to work together at the industry committee. I, I think fairly, you know, not to compliment on his opponent, but I think he is a capable performer. I think he showcased that on the road. He is a very good actor. And when he's now going to have to prove that he's more substance than style and he's got to move away from the cozying up to convoy, uh, you know, activities that he undertook when Ottawa was shut down. He's got to move away from the World Economic Forum conspiracy stuff and the crypto nonsense about the out of inflation and he's got to be much much more serious and substantive that you know fighting about masks on airplanes and freedom is one thing but he's gonna to have to have an answer to higher prices at the grocery store gas pumps and higher interest rates and it's one thing to express anger and frustration it's another thing to have solutions and so i think if he wants to show himself ready to be alternative you know, the alternative to, to this government, he's got to be much more substantive. I read this in the Times columnist this morning. Uh, privately, many liberals are clearly aware of the, that challenge, meaning Polyev's challenge and the decisive win. And responding to Polyev's more bombastic style will be a key part of many discussions in St. Andrews, New Brunswick. You can't share with us those discussions, but do you expect like these are conversation points? Any kind of political strategy is there's a new leader. What are strengths? What are weaknesses? How do we address it? I think that's right. And I can only speak for myself, but my own view is I think 
Pierre has tapped into an anger and frustration that in some ways I share around housing unaffordability, around, you know, passports and airports and frustration around basic customer service. There's going to be a message that I will and others have delivered to say we've got to shore up basic customer service. We've got to address the anxiety over cost of living. We've got to, uh, you know, head into the fall not only about cost of living, also about ensuring that we're focused on job creation and economic opportunity, a strong economic agenda. We've got to address the healthcare labor shortages and the challenges there. And, and when there are real problems in front of us, we, we can't have political answers. We, we have mm-hmm. to have substantive answers. And, and, I, and I do think, you know, Pierre's greatest weakness, he, he attacks the prime minister for being this great actor and, and a, a performative individual. And sometimes I wonder if he's looking in the mirror. And, and so I, I hope it's better for our democracy if this happens, but I think he's going to have to come to grips with, he's just won a leadership and he's going to have to really focus on what is in the best interest of the country and, and, and substantively. And I'll use one example, Yeah. but I, I saw a speech. I thought his speech was pretty good actually, if, I, if I'm being honest, but here's a, another conservative leader that is railing about the need to extract more oil and gas and if you take a step back and you think where other conservative leaders are around the world, climate change is not some woke idea that Pierre's made it out to be. It's about jobs today and tomorrow. That's how Biden talks about it. That's how Germany talks about it. That's how Australia talks about it. That's how any Canadian leader has to talk about it. That's how the UK conservative government talks about it. And so I think he's going to have to come to grips with he's just won a leadership for his base. How's he going to govern, govern for Canadians? I, I, and I think inflation, you mentioned the the I word a little bit earlier on. It seems like there's some obvious things. Um, there's no obvious solution to it all, and, and every household is going to vary. But it, it, the liberals feel more united than ever, I'd put it that way, on doing something. You, you're an Ontario MP. You watched Doug Ford take the gas tax away right before July 1. And that's when gas was about, I don't know, 216 a liter. So people were grateful for that. The opposition parties, when they ran in June, said uh, we're critical of, of Ford doing it. Is he really going to do it? Well, I mean, that was a win in the eye of the public. There may not be something that simple that the federal government can do, but that's what this, this caucus meeting is about, is coming up with ideas to to match that i suppose nothing simple but you may have seen the inflation reduction act of the border was pretty popular and that tackled cost of living that also tackled climate change by the way yeah and and i would say there are absolutely things we can do but i would i would want us all to focus our attention on who are the policies that we're going to put in place helping and are they universal across the board if it's a cut to the gas tax it's going to help the individual making 300000 as much as it's helping the person making 50000 And I do think, especially where fiscal finances, where our finances are federally and especially provincially right now, we have to be careful about every dollar we spend, and we have to make sure those dollars are going to those who are getting hurt, being hurt the hardest by, by inflation. And so one example of what I really hope we realize in the coming fall, and especially in the lead up to the next budget, we have this proposed new disability benefit Though these are people in the greatest need, again, being incredibly hurt by inflation. And we better realize this in an incredibly ambitious way and deliver this new benefit for, for people in the greatest need. You're watching as well um, a back to school scenario. I mean, you're a parent, I'm a parent, and, and there is that element of, of normalcy to it. Um, give me your sense, you know, go, go micro just inside your own household and explain to me as a parent in Ontario. And I know education is always seen as a more provincial issue, but I'd make the case that there's a lot of federal dollars that went towards ventilation, upgrades in, in air quality in schools, or even, even putting in new windows that can open and close. We had a lot of dilapidated school buildings, and a lot of that federal money has gone to important use to get our kids back to classrooms. 
unquestionably a provincial issue, first and foremost. Decisions to close schools, provincial issue, not a federal issue. Mm-hmm. I was an incredibly frustrated parent last January when, when that happened. I was an incredibly happy parent this past week when I was dropping my six-year-old off to grade one for the first time. And he was incredibly happy to be in back in class with three good friends of his from senior kindergarten. And it was just a, an incredibly nice week to be back together as a community at, at school. And so I think it's wonderful that we are able to be back and, ha- and, and our kids can have that sense of normalcy. You know, I think it's going to be a challenging fall in some ways as flu season ramps up, as we see COVID cases spike, labor shortages in our healthcare workforce. There are major challenges ahead in some ways, but it's incredibly nice and we have to, I think, put our kids first, ensuring that sense of normalcy. And to your point about federal dollars, that sense of normalcy is able to be realized because we've got better ventilation in schools. And why do we have better ventilation in schools? Not because of provincial leadership, but because the feds forced the issue through a safe schools program with federal dollars. I think about that as well with with rent. There's a story in the Star this morning about, um, and you know, I, you and I both with with university life, we remember it, it. We were lucky enough if our parents could help us and and you know write us a check or we could drive and pick up some cash here and there or do whatever to get through. I mean, I mean, the the starving student thing is is not quite a reality, but it's not it's not a falsehood either. And I I look at rent. There's a there's a story on a woman in the Toronto Star this morning that paid five hundred dollars to go to Western for rent. She comes here to U of T to go to grad school three years later she's playing twenty two hundred dollars a month i know that there's a lot of elements and a lot of municipal and provincial issues for that but i'm sure as, as just somebody who wants to lead and wants to be a difference maker you look at that and go there's some things that are right and there's some things that are just plain wrong we got to find a way to make education affordable for everybody and yet at the same time that's a cost of living issue as much as it is an education issue well, and it, and it highlights how housing becomes a productivity issue. Yeah. Because if we want smart people to do grad school in Toronto, if we want smart people to work in London, if we want wicked smart people to produce in Waterloo and in Hamilton, they've got to be able to find affordable housing. Otherwise, they're going to go elsewhere where they can still make good money and the cost of living will be much lower. And and so there are fairness issues for students like that to say it, it's it's absolutely unsustainable that you know, home prices are so high, but also, accordingly, rent prices are, are so high and crowding people out. But it's also a challenge to our economy. Nate, thanks so much for the time. I know you're uh, out east, so thanks for uh, making it for us at a different time slot as well. We'll talk in a couple of weeks and uh, safe travels back to Ontario. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. Take care. Nate Erskine-Smith, uh, MP for Beaches East York. Lots to unpack from that conversation.